This is Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network. We start with General David Petraeus, and uh, it, it is so nice to chat with you. And Mr. Petraeus, as we all know, commanded the surge in Iraq, the U.S. Central Command, NATO, and U.S. forces in Afghanistan. General, good afternoon to you. Good to be with you, Dominic, and my best to the congressman, and congratulations to him on a great op-ed in the Hill a couple of days ago. Well, the congressman is standing by to talk to you, and he'll do exactly that. But I want to ask you this open-ended question to begin with, General, and it's great to chat with you. The Chinese spy balloon, the Washington Post this morning says this has been going on for a while. What, What do you think, General? Well, I think it has. I think what's happened in the past is that it has, in essence, felt our edges, literally. It's just gone in into our airspace very briefly and then pulled out. The It was seen and classified, as I understand it, as what the modern version, uh, modern name is for an unidentified flying object. And it took some time to figure out that, oh, by the way, those incursions were what now has transited first the Aleutians and into Canada and then, of course, went right into uh, the continental United States. Uh, so this is different. It's not something we've uh, dealt with before. At least it wasn't identified as such. And I think part of the challenge here for the military was that there was no playbook for this. You know, we have a playbook. If we see that there's an intercontinental ballistic missile launched toward the United States, literally there's a playbook and they convene a quick uh, conference call. Some of these can involve the president of the United States. Uh, There's even, of course, codes, nuclear codes, and and all the rest of that. It's all worked out, exercised, et cetera. This was something new, and I think it took a while probably for Northern Command and its uh, other headquarters, NORAD, uh, which is the North American Aerospace Defense Command, which is joint with Canada, to figure this out, then to get it up the chain of command, to convene some uh, initial meetings, bring it to the president. By now, you're probably at Tuesday. And the president says, shoot it down by Wednesday. Now it's really overpopulated areas. I think it's understandable, frankly, that you don't shoot something down that's, what, six or eight miles up that has three three buses worth of momentum that's going to accelerate towards the earth. And then I think impressively shot it down still within our airspace uh, over fairly shallow waters in which they can recover uh, the various optics and other items that are in there. And I and I look forward to hearing more about that. I, let me just add, though, I was uh, actually testified to the House uh, Committee on Intelligence today. Congressman, I know you spent time on various of those committees, and this question came up first. And I said, you know what puzzles me? And the big issue for me is not all this stuff about why didn't, you know, what did we know, when did we know it, why didn't we shoot it down earlier? Um, it's actually what was going on in Beijing. Surely there had to be an expectation that something this large and flying this low would be recognized and noticed. And that begs the question of what is their process for approving what we term here and other countries term as sensitive activities, which for which there is always an approval process for whether it's military, special intelligence activities, or even you know diplomatic and economic activities that are particularly sensitive and, and, and could elicit some kind of response from a potential adversary. And if there was a process and it went to the top and this was approved, that is calls judgment into question because this blew up the entire direction in which China seemed to be going, ending the zero COVID policy, meeting with President Biden in Bali on the margins of the G20, the 
uh, Janet Yellen meeting with her counterpart, and of course the planned meeting of Tony Blinken, where presumably China was going to continue down the road of trying to show a kinder, gentler face to the rest of the world, having gotten rid of the wolf warrior public affairs officer and their Ministry of Foreign Affairs, et cetera. So this clearly is a total disconnect from the direction in which they seemed to be heading. Um, the alternative is that there was not an approval process for something that was incredibly blatant and really quite reckless uh, in what it has actually achieved. And that is a worry as well. So either, depending on what the answer is, either of them I find very concerning. And frankly, it underscores the need for the kind of meeting that Tony Blinken was going to have, which was to establish guardrails and mechanisms for avoiding crises, uh, taking what is a severe competition, in the words of our national security advisor describing the relationship with China, uh, into what is a confrontation that we all want to deter and avoid. General, first of all, this is Pete King. Let me thank you for your kind words. More importantly, most importantly, thank you for your years of service. And when you mentioned testifying before the Intelligence Committee today, I, I, I well remember my main memory of you testifying is every other top official who comes in to testify has an, uh, literally an army of people around them, of advisors. You, when you come in, you sat at the microphone by yourself. I never saw you even turn around once to ask for advice. So nobody ever mastered their brief better than you did. If I could give a possibility on this, assume that China, you know, this went through the whole chain of command. It was unanimous support. Could this have been uh, in a way to somehow show the rest of the world that they are not intimidated by the U.S.? Because it's, I mean, they had to know the balloon was going to be spotted. It's flying over the entire country. If that's what they wanted to do, could this somehow be a signal that, uh, to other countries that the U.S., uh, it, it, you know, you know, they're not afraid of the U.S., that they're not concerned yeah. about the U.S.? I think that this is going to turn out to be so incredibly counterproductive that if that was actually, if there was a review process and they actually approved it at the very highest levels, Again, the degree of recklessness here, um, I mean, certainly they did foment discontent in the United States. And uh, in in one of the points that I made, by the way, building on your op-ed the other day was I said, we cannot allow our differences to define us. Right. Um, note, I described all the threats. This is partly to discuss the global threats and how the intelligence community is postured to, uh, to deal with them. And I said, there's no one of the threats I've discussed, not China, not Russia, uh, not the Islamic State, not Al-Qaeda, not Iran. None of them can defeat us, but we could defeat ourselves. General, if this they were them trying sending... to, to, to exacerbate differences, well, then they did. But I, look, I think at the end of the day, the conclusion around the world is going to be about how dangerous China is. And again, it will be counterproductive. It will not intimidate, I don't think. I think it will force countries further into the, the the side of the U.S. and the West, just in the way that the Philippines, a week or two ago when our Secretary of Defense was out there, uh, allowed us access to four of their bases. Well, that's what I was going really to ask you, General. Could first. this have been a clumsy way of retaliating for us getting the Philippines to allow us to have more leeway there in the Philippines? I think this was already set in train. This takes so long. You know, they launched them in Hainan Island uh, just offshore. It, it takes so long, I would think, to make its way over there, that that would, and to have that set already. And, and I think this takes much more preparation uh, and then literally just transit time, depending on how they're pushing it along and how they, the means, you know, it's not, I don't think it's entirely 
subject to the winds, at least based on our previous experiences where they go in and then come out of our airspace, even though we did not know at that time that it was a Chinese surveillance satellite or surveillance balloon. The other question is also, you know, why do this? If you got so many other objects, I, the former secretary of the Air Force was also there testifying. She enumerated, you know, the hundreds, if not thousands of satellites they have in low and, and then further out orbit. Why do you need to do this if you have all of those? Yes, it's a little closer to the Earth. Yes, the uh, resolution is a bit better. But again, an incredibly provocative and indeed reckless action uh, to gain what I don't think is going to show to be particularly great intelligence information. General, it's uh, Judge Richard Weinberg, sir. I'd like to raise two points with you. Number one, it's been reported that this has been going on at least since 2018. And not only has the United States been the the victim of this, but the Philippines have, Taiwan, Japan, Vietnam, and, and India. That's one point I'd like to hear your voice on. And the other one is that this may have been an attempt by uh, by the extremists in the military to undermine the civilian authorities in China. What say you on those issues? Well, on the second one, I think if, if you're inclined toward that one, I think that they are so top down that that would be an, you know, that's an action of professional suicide. Um, that's where heads roll. Uh, if this was not approved. I I think an explanation that might be slightly more plausible is just this was the old, you know, bureaucracy does its thing. They're launching these all the time. They're pushing them over all these countries. All of a sudden, you know, somehow or other, it ends up over the continental United States instead of just over the Aleutians briefly and then over other countries. But again, we'll, we'll have to see. They have been doing this. But as I mentioned, the difference is that we really didn't figure out what it was in the past until this episode. And then they went back, I think, and did an audit because reportedly, even the quote, the, the deputy undersecretary of policy in the Pentagon, that's a fair num- number of layers down from the secretary of defense. Even they weren't actually briefed on it uh, during the Trump administration. And I'm not sure how far it went, if at all, in the case that took place earlier in the Biden administration, which, again, was just a very brief uh, into our airspace and then out. Well, General Petraeus, we are out of time, but I want to thank you for joining Cats at Night, hosted by Mr. John Katsimatidis. I do want to ask you this quickly. We, we have very little time. Considering your expertise on all of these matters, what else is possibly going on out there that we don't know about? Well, there's any number of things we don't know about. You know, this is like asking, uh, you know, these these threats that you can't think of. Can you think of any of them? Um, <laughs> and and again, it's it's ironic because this does show that this is something that was taking place before, and we didn't actually figure out what it was. So uh, again, there are events like this. Uh, we should anticipate them in the future. Arguably, there are gaps in our intelligence collection. Uh, that we will need to plug as a result of this. And that's the kind of analysis uh, that is very much ongoing, even as they retrieve all the debris and pieces and parts of that balloon and what it was carrying. General David Petraeus, thank you so much for joining Cats at Night. Thanks, Dom- Dominic, and my best to John. It's Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network.